Welcome to True Nature Radio. I'm Lori Regan. And I'm Heiner Fruhoff. We're excited about today's show because we have a guest here with us, David Ford, who has been practicing acupuncture in New Zealand for the past 40 years. Actually, New Zealand, uh, America, including Alaska, actually he's been teaching and practicing all over the world. So we've talked a lot in past shows about giving a background about Chinese medicine, about ancient medicine, an understanding of how ancients saw the relationship between the macrocosm or the outer environment or the universe and the microcosm of the body. We're excited in this show because Heiner holds expertise in how the ancients actually map the body, whereas David is, holds the incredible experience, 40 years, like we said, of experience of treating patients where he not only sees what their body needs for treatment, but he also is experienced at taking those patients out into nature and having them understand the relationship between what's happening in their body and what might be happening in the outer environment. So, David, thank you very much for being with us. Well, my pleasure. I'm honored. Right. So I guess we should start off with a basic introduction because although we've mentioned the word acupuncture a lot, Probably there are a number of our listeners who aren't really familiar with what that means. So, David, can you give us a basic introduction to acupuncture? Um, I think I probably begin, Laurie, by saying that what I find interesting is I'm classically tell people that I'm a redneck farm boy from South Canterbury, New Zealand, and one of the things that fascinates me with this medicine is the um, profound depth and simplicity of it, and the idea of acupuncture is. And I should be interested to hear <clears throat> Heiner's take on this is that uh, it's through either the insertion of needles or the use of essential oils or using acupressure or other methods to access specific points on the body. Um, there are 12, actually 14 meridians and uh, a lot of collateral meridians, but there are 12 organ meridians. And um, each meridian has a number of points on it, and those points have specific purposes, which um, will create physical, psychological, emotional, biochemical changes in the in the human body, and actually in animal bodies. Um, I treat um, dogs and cats and horses a lot, and they will often get better results with them because they don't have a high cortex getting in the way and reasoning <laughs> reasoning things away. But it's a very simple method of creating energy changes in a person's body, biochemical changes and energetic changes. Yeah, that's an excellent start. Uh, for me, acupuncture is, and the whole system that is behind it is a testament to the holistic way how ancient uh, the ancient Chinese approached uh, the body, uh, that there is um, everything is connected to each other, the body to the macrocosm at large, but also every part of the body with, within it. So in Western medicine, we tend to think very often that certain parts of the body are less important or we don't know what they're doing. And so we are, uh, you know, the tonsils very easily get operated out and the appendix gets operated out. And even sometimes the spleen gets taken out because it seems to be making some troubles. Whereas in Chinese medicine, all everything has a purpose and is working together as a system. And there needs to be 
mechanical passageways in which the system is being established and communicating with each other. And while we have concepts like blood vessels and nerve strands in uh, Western medicine, the Chinese have this concept of the energetic pathways through which uh, the body as a whole is communicating with different parts of it, um, but also how how it is um, communicating with the world at large outside and is uh, going into a state of resonance with it. For instance, um, in terms of relationship of organs to other places in the body, a lot of the acupuncture points are on the head or on the uh, the um, extremities. And a certain kind of joint pain or arm pain or twitching in a, in a particular place is considered arbitrary from a Western perspective or that you'd have a wart or a mole there, whereas from an acupuncture perspective gives you vital diagnostic information about where there is a blockage in your torso in a specific type of organ. And then you can use that point to, uh, if it calls out to you in that way, uh, through palpation or through having a rash there or some kind of issue that you can discern at the surface, uh, you can uh, then treat the organ uh, in its biochemical functions, including the emotional functions that go with that, and change them sometimes in an I- instant. And that is really what acupuncture is famous for, that you can, and David, you know that better than anyone is that tremendous transformation then can happen in an instant when you have somebody laying there on a table and something gets unblocked and there's a major, not just emotional transformation, but sometimes even a spiritual transformation that can take place that way. Yeah, no, I very much agree, Heinrich. One of the things I find interesting is um, one of my favorite ones is when people have blockages on their lung meridian and you have someone who can't breathe uh, with asthma or shortness of breath and you can do one point on their lung and immediately have a change in the person's um, physical breathing like instantly you put the needle in and also have an emotional or psychological release that goes along with it and one of the fascinating things about the system that I'm involved with is the five element acupuncture system um, is that it's based on the idea to carry what Heino was saying further Laurie, it has the idea that the um, the interconnectedness, not just the macrocosm, not just being space, but with the physical environment outside of ourselves and all the physical, the, the different elements that we show represent the nature um, with the, the, wood, the flora element to do with green growing things and with water, which is represented by any bodies of water, a kind of water with the earth element representing the gloomy parts of the earth and the earth itself with the mineral element being the harder things in the earth or the refined things and with um, what do we miss out on we did a fire element to do with the sun and to things that heat and each organ is connected to one of those elements in the five element system and part of the thing that fascinates me with the system is that um, someone asked me last year what is it specifically about acupuncture that you find <clears throat> most effective and I said that it was the that reawakens the active imaginal in people that we have lost the active imaginal in the western world and that th- the 365 points on the body all have specific names each point has a name and they're very very specific what their name actually reveals what they treat in the body on a um, psychological physical emotional level 
Great. So let's actually give our make sure our, our listeners have the foundation here. So we've mentioned the term acupuncture meridians. So either David or Heiner, do you want to just give a, a pretty simple explanation of that? You've talked about pathways. What? How can you express what an acupuncture meridian actually is in the body? Um, Laurie, my probably immediate explanation, and I'd be interested to hear how I know would take this in terms of the historical context is I think one of the things I find fascinating is I have this um, kind of theory or hypothesis that um, if you look at the the understanding that has developed in the West of human anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, mm-hmm. we discovered nerves right, right around the time we invented electricity. And if you look at it across a nerve sheath, it actually looks a lot like an electrical line. You have the myelin sheath with the, the nerve inside of it, which looks like a power line with a, an insulator around it. And if you actually look at when China, when Nixon went to China in the 1970s, it was right around the time we started to develop microwave systems, the telephone microwave systems we have right now. And I, what I always say about it is it's an energy pathway that travels along specific lines in the body called meridians, and it's actually an information sending and receiving system rather than a biochemical system. So it's almost like the zeros and ones in the digital system. It sends and receives information, and each point is like a microwave tower, the microwave telephone microwave towers we have now. So they actually help to shunt information along the meridians as to the status of the organs <clears throat> in the body, um, uh, each organ and the functions of the organs and their interrelationships, as Heine talked about. Because one of the really important concepts in Chinese medicine is that the body is designed to be self-harmonizing, self-regulating, and self-healing rather than the idea we have in the West of it's a sum of parts that we can cut out and throw away and kind of chemically bomb. So I'd probably stop there and let Heiner add his... I completely agree, David, that that is, uh, from my perspective, is the biggest uh, difference between modern medical systems and ancient ones is this, uh, what I call holism, or what uh, most of us call holistic medicine, um, and what makes it whole is that there is, while you recognize the structure of the body and the biochemistry of the body, more importantly, there you recognize the, bo- the body of energy and the consciousness body that is actually ruling that material body. And we've, in previous shows, we've talked quite a bit about that relationship between matter and energy. And so, yes, absolutely, the... Uh, Meridians in the body are pathways along which that energy uh, as a type of body consciousness flows and um, transmits not only from one place to another, but where very specific organ intelligence, so to speak, is uh, manifested. So the lung as a whole has a story and has an intelligence and has a function that it needs to fulfill, but then many, many sub-functions, and certain points might be better for the uh, stimulation of certain sub-functions. Yeah, and Heiner, I remember, I mean, one of the interesting discussions that, um, Laurie, that Heiner and I have around the the, um, the point names and the, or the kanjis, the, you know, the symbols or characters of the points, is that how, um, and actually, Heiner, I'll have you describe it after I finish, but the, how the there's like a description of a landscape tendency. And so there's a point on the Langbrodian, if we go back to Heiner's idea of the macrocosm, microcosm, that 
the lung is not only breathing oxygen from our atmosphere, but it's also actually breathing the uh, electronic and energetic um, relationship that's going on with, with uh, the greater space around us, with the cosmos. So there's a point, um, lung number, um, some sort of, what is it, nine, eight, seven, lung seven, which is called one of the interpretations of as narrow defile. And the idea of this is that there are infinite possibilities with every breath we take as to which direction we're going to go in our life. And that, that point actually helps to narrow down what it is that's important that we do in our life to move our per personal destiny path. Because part of the idea in Oriental medicine and in acupuncture is that each person has a personal destiny path. And we often get talked out of our destiny paths by our peers, parents, teachers, friends. And so this can lead to all sorts of psychological, emotional problems because we're not actually doing what our destiny is in this lifetime, in this particular body we inhabit. So the, as far as the other things with the meridians is that not only the organs interconnected, but there's this idea that my teacher Jack Worsley would talk about that in actual fact, and this was in the ancient traditions, unfortunately it was taken out by Nazi Tung's era, but in the ancient tradition of the medicine, it's like that each organ is a living entity. They actually they have consciousness, ways of being and seeing, uh, needs, wishes, wants, hopes and dreams, lifestyles. And again, if you go back to this idea of the redneck farm boy from South Canterbury in New Zealand, it sounds rather fantastic, but it really proves out in the clinical settings that you know if you have someone who's got a um, compromised organ system and meridian system, whatever it is, the heart or small intestine or kidney or liver or whatever, for example, the heart has people who have issues with control. It indicates um, a, a disturbed heart. When, when, when heart. when one's heart is in harmony, you have an ease about the control in your life and not controlling other people, not letting other people control you. And if your heart becomes disturbed, you all of a sudden have this great need to be controlling your environment around yourself and people. So if we go and treat the heart, for instance, will get a change in the way the person approaches their relationships in life. Um, and if you treat the lungs, you're going to have people become more inspired in their life and more um, into acknowledging other people and to looking for the beauty and the grace in them. If they're out of harmony with the lung and the large intestine, it's paired organ, they're going to be very critical and judgmental and um, qualitative in terms of um, keeping score on things, keeping records of the amount of money they spend when they go out with friends versus what their friends spend on them. Uh, when the lung and large intestine are in harmony, there's this great sense of expansiveness and an acceptance of other people's qualities and differences and a, an acknowledgement of people's beauty and grace and their kind of mineral wealth, so to speak, the, the value inside of them. You mentioned uh, the way of imagining earlier, and I couldn't agree more that a lot of the illness that I find in my clients uh, is a sort of a sense of profound unhappiness and uh, that comes from a sense of a loss of purpose. You know, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm connected to the larger whole. And that is really the purpose of acupuncture and of all holistic medicine is to reconnect not just different organs to each other, but us to a bigger sense of purpose and recreating community in the largest sense of the word. And the story of the acupuncture points is really is mythology uh, in the naming of the points that is written on our bodies. We are basically carrying 
uh, a storybook uh, in the naming of these 365 points on us that tells us different kind of shades of uh, mandate or purpose or destiny as you just very uh, fittingly described that. And uh, my approach to it is very much as an academic. I'm trying to restore uh, what these point names actually meant to people in ancient China more than 2,000 years ago and sort of painstakingly reconstruct the meaning of a word. And uh, I'm always interested in uh, your very uh, special approach there of taking people into nature and reconnecting them directly to their environment, especially in Alaska and other kind of very dramatic places, and then finding a place in nature like a mountain or a lake that you then use to explain to your students. Most of people coming on your trips are acupuncture students very often. Uh, to explain the essence of a point on the body by having them face this place in nature. And uh, uh, if you could give us some examples of that process uh, and tell us some stories surrounding that, would be fantastic. Um, one of the things uh, I'd like to compliment you on, Heiner, is just your amazing understanding of the language and the kanjis and the, and the characters. And uh, we've had these discussions, Laurie Heiner and I, which are somewhat speculative, but I think you know there's a historical anchoring. There's a if you actually look at this medicine, it actually came out of nature. It came out of what you know what I call the Sha woman and shaman, the medicine, the me- medical Sha woman and shaman of China and the Orient, being in nature and seeing these relationships, and then working on people's bodies and getting a response that resonates with the the actual nature, the experience they had in nature. So. If you look at many of the names on the body, there's names like fluid secretion gate and very great abyss and release stream, greater mountain stream. There are there are these names that are completely related to nature. And one of my premises I have for teaching with my students and patients is that that we all are completely bound by the laws of nature, but we think we're outside of them, especially in the Western world right now. There's this attitude of kind of arrogance against nature, whereas in actual fact in the five element and, and Chinese medicine theory, we and nature are absolutely intimately interlinked. And one of my favorite stories I tell of this is as a, a, a woman I had in um, Alaska some years ago who was going through menopause and came into the office and she was absolutely scarlet and just sweating profusely and you know was basically yelling at me, you know, help, help, I'm having a, ter- a terrible hot flush. And I just walked her into the room, lay her on the table, and in, in our medicine, the, I believe that the triple warmer, a function called the triple warmer in our medicine, is directly related to the endocrine gland system in Western medicine. They're completely intimately interlinked. And it's actually how I think Western medicine and Oriental medicine will marry this century and start to really serve the, the well public that we're looking to work with. But I lay her down, and I didn't tell her what I was doing, but there's a point on the triple warmer meridian, which is the water point of the triple warmer. Because each point has the five, each meridian has the five element points on it, of the five elements that represent in nature. And I, in my mind, imagined a great big um, thunderhead going out to about fifty thousand feet, and a, a, a freezing cold rainstorm, and it inserted the needle into the point. And then I did this image of this this freezing cold rainstorm going to the point. She didn't know anything about what I was doing, and I what's called tonified the point to bring this energy into the point and she immediately on the table went completely normal temperature and she said oh my god i just went completely cold my temperature is completely normalized what did you do and i said what did you experience
experiencing. She said, I just had this image of this thunderstorm with rain pouring down on me, and all of a sudden I went cool and cold. And so the thing, going back to this idea of the act of imaginal, I believe that one of the great challenges we face in the West, if you look at the Oriental frame of reference, not only just China, but I've been thinking about this with Hinduism, we have this bicarmal brain, which is um, Jesus and the devil, black and white, right and wrong, good and bad. If you look at the Oriental frame of reference or the Tibetan Buddhism or Oriental medicine, there's this huge plethora of layers of cosmology. And I think it really the idea of reestablishing the act of imaginal is a really important idea with um, acupuncture and Oriental medicine, that when you, someone comes to acupuncture, whether we know it as a not as practitioners, because there are many practitioners who operate on this level, what we're doing is we're reawaking the act of imaginal in the person's brain and body and psyche and, and biochemistry and soul. And that's the, that reconnects us to the natural world and that helps to take away that grief and sadness and loneliness that Heiner was talking about. So Heiner and so David, think, you're both talking about a really profound kind of treatment that can happen for a patient where just applying one to treatment to one acupuncture point can have a really transformational effect on either the specific physical symptoms of a patient or perhaps an, an emotional, re, changing their emotional reality or their spiritual. Can we, um, can we talk a little bit about, well, then what is an acupuncture point? These meridians that you've talked about are channels, a, presumably a continuous flow on a channel through the body, and then there are these individual points along that channel. So what distinguishes one acupuncture point from another or a non-acupuncture point? To get that started maybe, um, what I always use is the image of, and the meridians are very similar, and that's why they're actually named like that, to the meridians on the earth. And... um, but on these meridians, you have particular points that are either power points to geologists because there's more uh, energetic uh, activity there that you can measure. Uh, but more interesting to us as acupuncturists, and there's even been books written about that, comparing specific power points on the meridians of the earth to the acupuncture points on the meridians in the human body uh, is the places that have been sacred to human beings for centuries, like Machu Picchu in South America or the pyramids in Egypt or the uh, places uh, where um, the cath- cathedrals of uh, medieval Europe were built. They were recognized as places where the underground energy flow of the earth is coming to the surface. And if you stand there... Uh, mindfully especially, then you can benefit from the uh, energetics of heaven and earth more so in that place than in another place. So it, uh, And from the other way around, it would, was considered to be like a shamanic spot where you as a human being could communicate with the energy of the earth and the heavens more um, uh, efficiently there. So the idea is, just like David said before, there's you've got an electric line and then you've got certain power stations where the energy gets boosted up or comes to the surface. And um, there's people who have traveled the world and examined these different uh, and photographed these different power spots. And 
while the basic meaning is all the same, meaning you can access the energy of the earth especially uh, most efficiently there, they all different. They look different. There's a different temperature and there's a different sensation in your body very much uh, like uh, what David just described, that there's different points in the body that are symbolically described with the symbol of water or metal or fire uh, or wood, m uh, meaning this point there's more of an energy of springtime. That would be a wood point. And then there's additional description in the naming of the point, of course. So the what makes holistic medicine fascinating and useful as a science to me is it has a systems approach, has an underlying theory that can stand there in its own right, but it is also extremely specific. And um, there is a specificness in acupuncture. It's not just you coughing, use the lung channel, but which point on the lung channel you will have different results if you pick just the right one. And while uh, there are certain studies uh, that uh, purport that it doesn't really matter, including sham acupuncture, you needle any place in the body, the body is uh, uh, producing endorphins and that you feel relaxed afterwards and you feel like you get your treatments worth. From a master acupuncturist perspective, um, most definitely it makes a huge difference uh, what point you choose. And uh, so you needle your point and then you feel the pulse and see whether you elicited the change you were looking for. And then you do another point if that's necessary. But ideally, already with that first point, you uh, achieve a major difference. And I want to ask you, David, because I'm sure... Some of our listeners are familiar with seeing an acupuncture treatment, maybe even getting one themselves, and having many needles placed into the patient. You see pictures of even up to, what, 20 needles or something placed. You know, your, my understanding of your particular style of acupuncture is that you are looking for what Heiner's talking about here. You're looking for that kind of key point where treatment of one, maybe two, you know, but you're looking for the place where you understand that the person is stuck, right? Their system is stuck. Maybe their thought processes are stuck. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, Laurie, what's fascinating about this, so if we go back to this idea that we've both been um, talking about and alluding to, is that um, in, the, in the oriental medicine um, system and in the five elements of the system very specifically, that the, the, each different organ literally has a psychological, spiritual, emotional, biochemical archetype and function in the body, and they're all in, interacting together as a family. In other words, if someone is well and in harmony, it's like having a family of 12 people who are all living together in a house and living in a very harmonious manner, each carrying out their specific functions, but living within harmony of each other. So part of what you're doing diagnostically in Five Element is you're actually sitting down and having a, a long discussion with a with your, as I call them, teacher, uh, what other people call patients, mm -hmm. <clears throat> who will specifically tell you because the organs actually speak to you directly. If there is a problem in a particular organ, that person will be manifesting that emotional, physical, psychological, spiritual archetype. It'll actually come through in their conversation. So then... We're getting clues by the discussion we're having, but then we go on to there are 12 pulses in the, in the wrist, six on each side, three in a light position where you barely touch the skin and three in a deeper position on each side, making six to, per side. 
And when we go into those, we can tell the state of each individual organ um, by the way those pulses feel. And you can actually feel in the pulse on the wrists the specific point on the meridian that is off. So, for example, the heart meridian has nine points, and the bladder meridian, which has the most number of points, followed by the gallbladder, uh, the bladder meridian has 67, gallbladder 44. And you can actually feel on the, along that bar underneath your finger exactly the point on the body that is off. So someone may have pain in the extremities, and you may do a point on the abdomen or chest to release this pain in the extremities, or vice versa. They may have pain in the abdomen or chest, and you'll do a point on the toe or the foot or the leg, which will release the specific specific condition they have in their abdominal region. And it's very, 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 it's this amazing mapping system that my teacher, Jack Worsley, talked about um, there's this lovely story he told. I've been studying Chinese medicine for five years when I went to study with him. And I, after five days of listening to him, I was with him one day alone. And I said, you know, Jack, I've been studying this for five years. And after five days with you, I realized I know nothing. And he said, well, after 35 years, David, I know nothing. And when you get to the end of your life, you'll get to the end of the understanding of this, this system of medicine if you practice it every day of your life. So it takes, you can begin getting effective results immediately with pulse reading. But after... 40 years, I'm just at the point right now where I'm really starting to understand the subtlety of the pulses, so it takes a huge amount of patience and perseverance and willingness to be um, to listen deeply. We're out of time for today. We want to encourage our listeners to, to join us next week because we'll continue this conversation with David Ford. So that's it for today with our episode of True Nature Radio. I'm Laurie Regan. And I'm Heiner Fruhoff. If you're interested in pursuing a professional career in natural medicine, visit the website of the National College of Natural Medicine, the oldest institution of its kind in the field in the United States, ncnm.edu. And for more detailed uh, information in video and written form on Chinese medicine, go to classicalchinesemedicine.org. And if you're specifically interested in the work of David Ford, go to wildernessacupuncture.com. Thanks so much for joining us, David. My pleasure, and it was really lovely to, to interact with you, and I look forward to next week. Join us next week for another episode of True Nature Radio. True Nature Radio.